The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In today's economic climate, it's very hard to know what to do with your money. Every financial move is a choice. Sometimes they are good choices, and you will reap the rewards of success. Sometimes there are bad choices, which can leave you in financial ruin if you make too many. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. Our program will help you to make the good choices and avoid the bad. Now, here is Gordon Bennett. Good afternoon, this is Gordon Bennett, bringing you money, jobs, health, and other, I like to say, issues of life. And with me today is Chip Whitlock. You know, it's really nice to have these kind of programs, and you meet some of the most wonderful people, but if you have a child who's in high school, listen up. This program is meant for you. Chip has spent the last, I don't know how many years, as a financial planner, but he has become passionately involved with helping parents make the right choice when it comes to their children's education. You know, I, I read about him and I uh, saw what he was doing, and I was stopping to think, you know, we have heard a lot about college indebtedness these days. Students graduate from college with $100,000 in debt and no job. Think about that, $100,000 in debt. My first car, I could have bought 20 of them for what I paid for my first car. But even today, what does twenty-five dollars or $30,000 buy you? It buys you a really nice car, and you take three or four or five years to pay for it. How are you going to pay for a college education that costs 100000 or more if you don't pay any more than 500 a month? It's going to take you 16 years to get out of debt. And as you know from listening to this program, being in debt is one of the worst things in life. So I'm really pleased to have Chip with us today to talk about some of the things you can do to minimize the cost of going to college. And let me tell you, it starts pretty early. Chip, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Gordon. I appreciate you having me on. The uh, when is when should we start planning to go to? And I'm not going to use uh, college. When should we plan for our future education after high school? Well, you really can't start too early. I mean, you know, when it comes to paying for it, you know, savings is a big issue, but you really can't start planning too early. We try and target kids, you know, middle school to, you know, that later part of middle school. And, and really freshman year in high school is, is a wonderful time to start. So late middle school, early early high school, and, that, and that's when we're focusing on, the, what do I want to do with my life aspect? You know, the savings part is kind of like uh, saving for retirement. Money's not a fad. We all kind of want more of it. So the sooner we can start saving, the more of it we can accumulate, 
you know, the better off we're going to be. And, and it's, when it comes to the saving side, you know, the sooner you start, the better. But when it comes to identifying a career and seeing what it is that's important to us, you know, that late middle school, you know, early in high school is a great time to start. You know, uh, I was thinking about this uh, college and uh, future education uh, before we had the uh, before we had talked, and I remember myself. I didn't think anything at all about what I wanted to do. I kind of, you know, well, my parents told me what to do and that have. And it really kind of surprises me that we really need to start planning as early. Now, uh, later in the show, we'll talk about the money aspects of education. But just why do people have to start so soon to think about the future? First of all, the future is going to be here for a long time. But the increased cost of not knowing what you're going to do really weighs heavy on you. Uh, talk a little bit about what kids can learn in the eighth grade on up through high school and so they're going to be better prepared for college. Well, you know, that goes into a multitude of things. We have certain things within our DNA that we have a tendency to continue to carry with us throughout life, um, whether it's I, I want to be indoors or I want to be outdoors or I'd love to be you know, publicly in front of people or not, and so on and so forth. So some of the fundamental things um, that a person carries in their DNA doesn't typically change too much as they grow older. Yeah, they expand and they morph a little bit, but really, you know, so it starts with really identifying your passion and, and what's important to you, and then your interest and your intellect. And then from there, being able to get, you know, a, ra- a rainbow of ideas that you could consider going into as a career. I mean, really, you know, job shadowing, uh, uh, internships, uh, even a little bit of employment through the summertime, you get a good feel for some of the things that you may think that you want to do. My son was adamant. He was going to be an attorney. So I took him down, and we spent a day with my nephew, who's uh, an attorney in a big five ball firm in Kansas City. And that was the longest day of his life. He came out of there. There was no possible way that he was going to be an attorney. But it's just one of those things. What we think can be sometimes different than what it really is once you see where you're going to spend so much of your time day in and day out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because my father was an attorney. And as far back as I can remember, he wanted me to be an attorney. And I took a pre-law course. And I was halfway through law school before I decided I did not want to practice law. I did not want to be a lawyer. Yeah, that's a great analogy there. Well, you just have uh, no idea how many times we see it. I've got an attorney and a dentist in Omaha, Nebraska, that are both both putting roofs on. They're shingling. That's what they wanted to do. So now they're trying to pay for their law degree and their and their doctor degree, swinging a hammer and putting roofs on. They've really got their hands full, but they're loving what they do. They always talk about you know love what you do and you never work a day in your life. When you can really identify the things that motivate you and inspire you and drive you. You create what's called internal motivation. So whether you wake up in the morning to an alarm clock or not, it's kind of a dead giveaway. I haven't woken up to an alarm clock in probably six years. Previous to that, when I had a J-O-B that I hated, it took the alarm clock, three snooze buttons, pot of coffee, and then I finally went out the door. And that's just, you know, if we can avoid that for our kids and uh, get them off on the right foot. You know, I'm going to sneak in something here I, I had not thought about, but last year I was diagnosed with cancer. And I went to a place called Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I was treated like royalty. Everybody in that place, and they have 5,000 employees. And everybody in that place 
is cheerful and happy and likes what they're doing. They love their jobs. And one day I was having lunch with the director of patient services. And I asked Bryce, I said, what do you have as a way of a background for doing what you're doing for people? And he looked at me and he was all smiles. And he said, I spent 15 years with the Ritz-Carlton and I just make it the same way here. This, this, we all experience people who, who, whatever job they're in, if they do it well and they love it, uh, we appreciate that so much. And I think you're right. I think people need to start very early in life finding out what they want to, uh, want to do and that they have a passion for and that they have a talent for. Now, I would make a lousy cellist in the orchestra because I'm probably tone deaf, but <laughs> that, that is a really good piece of advice. How do yeah. teachers? How do teachers feel about this? Well, I don't think you know. Teachers aren't out to get us. Guidance counselors aren't out to get us. They're just overworked, underfunded, spread too thin, and and really their job isn't to help package your students into you know a career or get them off to a college. You ask any guidance counselor how many college admission officers they they know at the University of Texas or Iowa State or Illinois or I don't know any of these people. So really, what advantage and what help are they going to be able to provide your student in getting them into the right college? Now, identifying a major. Good Lord, they're a guidance counselor. I mean, it's it's to help navigate through, you know, social issues and, and, and things like that and to really help make sure that you get through high school. Everybody thinks high school prepares you for college. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It makes you eligible to go to college. And Say that again. From, Say that again. That's worth repeating. It doesn't school, make you. Yeah, yeah. High school does not prepare you for college. It makes you eligible to go. And that's and that's, that's a, well. That's the issue that, that we're facing is is because you know they're not putting enough time, effort, and energy into being prepared to go to college. That over forty percent of the kids that go to college are taking remedial classes. They're classes they should have taken in high school. They don't even count towards a major. So now you're paying twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars a year in tuition to take basic general education classes that they should have gotten in high school because they really didn't have a plan. I'll I'll sneak in a little bit about uh, the finances of things because you mentioned it here. If they aren't prepared coming out of high school and have to take what I call dumbbell courses or makeup courses to get prepared for college, that costs even more money, and. With all the costs of college these days, anything you can do to minimize those costs. Now, notice I say minimize them. I didn't say eliminate them because some costs are necessary and you should spend money for the things that help you out. But doing something that's unnecessary is, is really uh, kind of silly. I know uh, in my book, uh, I have a chapter on why do people make a lot of money. And... Uh, I was at a seminar some years ago, and they told me why people make a lot of money. They make a lot of money because, one, they know how to do something that is hard to do. And the second thing, it has economic value to someone else. Now, I don't mean hard in the way of digging a ditch, because a lot of people can do that. I mean hard in being prepared to do it, like uh, the difference between a bookkeeper and an accountant. One is harder to do than the other. And if it has economic value to somebody else, they will... Uh, pay more for it. And with college costing so much, it's good to find a uh, field where you're going to make enough money to pay back this loan that you're incurring. 
That's that's exactly right. You know, we see so many kids are just wandering aimlessly through the system because they don't have a uh, a destination in mind. I mean, think about it. We don't even go on a two-week vacation without knowing where we're going to go, what we're going to do, how much we're going to spend, and when we're going to be back. Yet, that's they'll right. Let kids, they'll let kids go off to college. The number one declared major in the United States right now is undecided. That absolutely can't be. you got to know before you go, or else you're just donating dollars to a wonderful institution, university or whatever it is. I mean, it's like donating to a nonprofit. I've never met a bad one. You know, they all have a good intention, and good, but you still got to know what it is that you want to support and, and where it is that you want to go. Um, it's just it's too big of a financial decision, and, and that's what really motivated me. If I can chime this in now, it's a good friend of mine. He's a heart doctor in San Diego. Hates his job. He's one of the best there is. He wanted to save people's lives. But by the time they got to them, it's, it's too late. He's extending their life by a couple of years, maybe. What he really wanted to do now in hindsight was maybe be a nutritionist or own fitness facilities to prevent that from happening. And that's what got us on this mission as a 20-plus year financial planner. I talked to families and student loan debt was the second largest debt most families carry behind their mortgage. And I couldn't do anything then. Once you own it, you, you're the proud owner of that, and there's a one way out, and it's paying until it's paid off. And yeah, then, and that can. Yeah, and then there's that, so many fundamental things that families can do to avoid that from ever happening. So you know, there's another, there's another side of that, too. You might as well learn to be decisive and make up decisions earlier in life. If you're indecided by the time you get to college, maybe on that first uh, job that you get, when you get out of college, You'll be undecided how to do that too. And I don't, as you said, I don't know anybody who majored in undecided. People want decisive problem solvers in the business world, and you might as well start doing it when you're getting ready for school. Yeah, well, what are they That's saying? Amazing. Indecision is a leading cause in roadkill. You know, it just kind of leaves you wandering right in the danger zone, and uh, and and really that that just ends up adding to it. We see so many kids that are undecided take classes, and then they can see some major just within reach. I just talked to a girl. She just graduated, $190,000 in student loan debt. She's got a creative writing degree. <laughs> well, I hope there's a lot of need for creative writers. I haven't noticed much of that lately. And, None that uh, are going to make over thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 a year. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have a degree in plumbing or a skill or trade in plumbing. Hey, we're coming up on the quarter of an hour. Now we're going to have to take a short break. This is Gordon Bennett with my guest, Chip Whitrock, who is absolutely marvelous talking to us about what you should do to get prepared for your future education. And uh, you're listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things in Life, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. How are you doing? Welcome back to... Money, jobs, health, and other things in life. And we got with us, we have with us Chip Whitrock, and we're talking about college. We haven't gotten to the money part of it yet, but we're going to get there. And we're also going to tell you how you can get more information. I want to get your phone number out there. And so people can contact you. People can look at your website and some of the things we're going to talk about, the mistakes that people make now that we've realized that college or a trade school or future education depends on, uh, uh, planning in advance, setting goals, and that's one of my fundamentals of finances. You got to plan goals and you got to start early. Uh, what, I want to talk about some of the statistics. When somebody shows up at college and doesn't know what their major is, what are the statistics telling us their likelihood of finishing is? Well, Chip? it's, it's going to be very slim, but you know, without taking the major selection into consideration, it's preparedness overall, and it goes back to I just mentioned the the. Senator Harkin released a, a report from the Health Committee in August, just August of this year, and uh, they looked at the for-profit institutions and kids enrolled in 2008 in four-year universities averaged a 50% drop by midway through 2010. Two years, two-year schools, it was 64%. So we can't take this lightly. They call it debt without a degree. So kids are going to school and clearing the debt and not even leaving there with a degree at all. So... We have a big job on our hands, and, and it can be done. We want education, that, that post-secondary education, to be you know, beneficial educationally, financially, and experientially. But right now, I think experientially is leading the pack, and it's killing us financially. Yeah. You know, harking back to the last uh, segment of the class, this is one of the things you can start to uh, do early, uh, certainly in the last year of high school. That is, you can learn that it is a different 
environment when you go to college and when you go to high school. You have to learn how to study differently. You have to learn how to take tests differently. I know my wife taught an undergraduate course in statistics. Now, statistics is most people's favorite course in college, but uh, she found out that she had to teach them, first of all, how to study and how to take a test. This is something they should have learned in high school, the difference between uh, studying in high school and studying in college. It's it's one of the big mistakes that we try and encourage families and especially kids to avoid. If you think through that whole process, we don't study material, memorize it, take a test, and get a paycheck. You know, that gets us a grade in high school. But two things, that is not what college is looking for. That's not what the workplace is looking for. You've got to be able to take the information in, absorb it, literally be able to teach it back if you need to, but by that you're able to apply it. We have that. We have the accelerated recall technique, and it was designed just for that, so we could help kids blister through high school, but then have the study school skills that it's going to take for them to be able to get good grades when they get into college. Yeah, I uh, understand that you have prepared an entire kit that that can help kids get into college. We'll talk about that in the last segment of the show. But you know, getting ready is something that we all do. We take. Uh, uh, summer camps for sports and we take recreational uh, activities and we spend a lot of money on them and we need to be investing in ourselves the same way for our future after all we're going to have to live with our future for a long time what are some of the people doing now that have finished college uh, uh, you have some statistics on your website that just amazed me why don't you relate that to our audience well you know, what it boils down to is there's you know, the numbers combined are like 700 and some thousand. It's like 350,000 parking attendants that have college degrees. There's there's equally that many bartenders that have college degrees. And and the list goes on and on. We just looked at the two most obvious. But that really does two significant things that I don't think we as a society realize. You know, that is overqualified people doing, you know, jobs that they're, they didn't go to school for. And really isn't helping them advance. But then it's also taking jobs away from people who maybe weren't that skilled and didn't have the opportunity to go to college. So it's hurting both sides of the equation. Those that didn't have the opportunity and weren't fortunate enough to go to school or go to school to get a major that they wanted or were able to. And then those that did. So it's, it's just, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's what's happening and it's where we're at. You know, it's even yeah, worse than that. Now, 85% of the college graduates now are planning to move back home because they can't even get one of those jobs. That's what every parent looks forward to is their kids coming back home. I know that. So. <laughs> it, the empty nest syndrome. And the other thing that's happening in our society, just as a parenthetic comment, is the kids are moving back in and we're taking care of our parents. We're sort of the middle generation taking care of both sides. What's going to happen to us? So we... The parents have got a role in this too, don't they? Have been helping their kids along and picking out the right things for them and uh, being supportive of their activities. Where do the parents fit in this half? Well, you know, that's just it. They got to take a, a very proactive role. Um, you know, again, nobody's going to package your child for you. I mean, that's, that's going to be part of the student's responsibility and the parent's responsibility to make sure. So, have a good place to be able to input all that pertinent information about extracurricular activities and, and work experience and, and outside activities and volunteer activities and GPA and, and successes that they can put together so when they go to get that job. And I'm down here in Scottsdale right now, 72,000 students at Arizona State. Now, what's going to make somebody unique out of one college? 
I mean, it's, it's up to the parents to really dig in. And we just can't rely on the traditional resources. You know, the, the guidance counselors, go find a school, do what I did. It just it isn't working anymore. We have to do what it takes to make sure our kids are doing something they enjoy, going to the right school that best delivers that major. It may not be yours, sorry, mom and dad, if it's your alma mater, or it may not be the one right down the street. But there are schools that specialize in that major, and then identify which one of those schools are going to cost you the very least. And then do what it takes to get our student in and out of there as quick as possible. Yeah, um, one of the things I haven't mentioned before is most of your work is concentrating on the middle gap of people. We're going to really talk about that in this next segment. But segment, but the uh, uh, people making fifty to one hundred and fifty thousand a year are largely ignored. If you're sleeping under a bridge and you're under the poverty level and you uh, don't have any resources. There's a lot of programs that take care of those people. And if you're filthy rich, uh, you don't care. But the people in the middle have got to very, very carefully garner the resources and get the best for the buck. And uh, I like that you're focusing on those people particularly well. Uh, well any comment? Yeah, you took, the word, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I love the organizations to death. The You know, there are huge nonprofit organizations, college access networks, and, and things like that that cater to the low income, those people that are on the reduced food program or the reduced meal program. But literally, the majority of even our, our corporations also cater to that same demographic, and they qualify for all the grants and everything. Every dollar that's available because of their income, they qualify for that. And then you get the high-income people. It kills me every time. You know, they don't, they don't hesitate to... You know, to take our services because they know I'm going to get the best outcome possible. We save them thousands and thousands of dollars. And then that middle class gap, we feel that they're obligated to the most and qualified for the least. And they're the ones who struggle to part with a few dollars to get professional help when they're the ones who need it most to make sure that they're getting all the financial aid they're entitled to, to make sure that their financial aid forms are filled out properly, to make sure that they get filed as quickly as possible when money becomes available. And then to make sure that they're getting all the, 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 the aid money from the college that they're entitled to. Now, I want all of the listeners to be ready for writing down your phone number. Should I give the office number? Or I think I'll give the office number. That's yeah. area code 712, area code 712-792-1920. And what is the website address? Well, I would encourage you can go to fivecollegemistakes.com and download a free ebook there. We wrote a, an ebook that you can have that, that just gives the five basics, the most fundamental mistakes that most families make when it comes to college planning. And just I, avoiding those will save you a fortune. I read it last night, and I have to tell you, I made all the mistakes. <laughs> and, and, you know, none are, it's none really are brilliant, but it's just so simple. It's it's really nice to talk to you about that because, you know, people talk glibly about being $100,000 in debt. And I can't imagine being $100,000 in debt for a college education. It works its way in all sorts of perverse ways for your life. But let's stop and think about just 25000 From what you've told me, I would imagine if people would follow your advice, they will save easily 10, 15, 20, and a lot more thousand dollars, and 
many people are getting out of college with four times that much. They should spend the time and the resources to make sure they don't have to spend an extra twenty five, thirty, hundred thousand dollars because they're going to have to pay it back. Yeah, no, that's a, there's there's no way it's backed by the government, and you can fall on your face and even file bankruptcy, and you're not getting away from student loan debt. It'll be there when you start to recover, waiting anxiously for your monthly payment, and it doesn't go away until you do get it paid off. And that's going to show up on your credit report, and I talk a lot about credit reports and being in debt, and people don't think that if they have that student debt, every penny that is excess and that's wasted is unnecessary. Just like if you finance a rug for your house and it take 20 years to pay for it, it's going to be worn out by the time you get to it. Yeah, oh, that'll, be looked, that'll, be, yeah, that'll be viewed as part of their debt load. So if it's $500 a month, then that just reduces the amount of cash flow that they have to be able to afford a home or anything like that. So the advice for everybody is uh, call them on the telephone or get the website. Say that website again. Uh, it's five college mistakes.com. And it's five the number, right? Or is it five spelled out? Uh, either one, but. Either one will work. Th- yeah, the, the five biggest mistakes. Sorry, did I say college. It's the five biggest mistakes. Yeah. Um, dot com. And you can either, you can either spell it out or use the number five. We have them both. Okay. It's really worth hearing. We've got a short break coming up now. So this is Gordon Bennett. My guest is Chip Whitrock. Uh, we're talking to you about college, and boy, if you've got a college student or a forthcoming college student, someone entering high school, uh, you need to get in touch with him and find out a lot more. Next segment we're going to talk about is financing for college. Be right back. This is Gordon Bennett and money, jobs, and health and other things in life. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, folks. This is Gordon Bennett back with Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things in Life. And my guest is Chip Whitrock. I I have trouble saying that for some reason. I'll just call you Chip. Um, By the way, Chip, anybody who writes in or calls in or wants to hear from us, I will send their name on to you, and you can make a contact with them and tell them how they can get more information. And I, I think you're doing a great job. I want to take this whole segment and just talk about some of the financial choices that people face and how complicated this really, really is. You're on your own. Go for it, because I don't know anything about the financing side of finance, of uh, uh, higher education. Well, you know, getting money starts with the the FAFSA, the free application for federal student aid. Some people think they don't need to fill it out, um, and everybody else you know, does fill it out, but it is the starting point for all eight. You can't even get uh, education money unless you have at least applied for financial aid. So <clears throat> the issue there is that form was designed by the government. And we could stop there and just know that it's complicated, convoluted, and open-ended. So literally the Department of Education has said 41% of the people that fill out that form on their own do it wrong. And what that equates to is, is doing that form wrong obligates the government to less, which means in turn you're going to pay more. So in a nutshell, really, if you've gotten to the point in life that you get professional help with your tax returns, then you're probably a very good candidate to get professional help with this form. You know, you go to, the again, the nonprofits, and they say, oh, you don't need any help. Well, they're nonprofits. They cannot give advice on deductions that you can take and things that you can do to increase the amount of aid that you have. The IRS also has volunteers who will sit on the phone and make sure that you fill out the form right, but they cannot tell you if you're missing deductions or could be taking deductions. So this is not a time for do-it-yourself or for a well-intended nonprofit. This is, this is where financial aid rubber meets the road. And then when you fill out that form, that's going to determine how much the minimum is that that family is expected to pay. They look at two things, income and assets, and the assets are broken up into two parts. There's assessed assets. Those are assets that you own or control that count against you and increase how much that family is expected to pay for tuition. Now, assessed assets are going to include things like uh, brokerage accounts, savings accounts, 529 plans, education IRAs. UGMA account, UGMA account, savings account in the kid's name. So I threw out a couple there that startle people. The 529 plans, which are supposed to be where we're saving for college, actually are an assessed asset and increase how much most families have to pay for tuition. Now, there's non-assessed assets. So where could I save money and uh, not not hurt me? Well, there's, there's IRAs, Roth IRAs, annuities cash value life insurance, 
if it's the federal form, equity in your house is a great place. So there are there are good things and there are bad things. And what people don't realize is, is on the federal form, there's no look back. So if you had $50,000 saved in a 529 plan, you could reposition that to a non-assessed asset today and file the form tomorrow, thereby significantly reducing how much that family is expected to pay for college. You said that non-assessed assets include the equity in your home for the federal form. Yep, but some of the yep. private schools will look at will look at the uh, equity in your house. But um, the federal the federal sides most most of your state schools, not all of them, and, and the majority of the universities use the federal form. So you could have your house completely paid off. But. Well, you know that um, that started me thinking. Just hearing you mention that, I had no idea that. Uh, that equity in my home, I could pay off my home with, say, I have an extra $25,000 in a savings account that I was saving for my college, uh, my kids' college education. I could put that in the house and pay off the house. Now, I've got that borrowing power and I've got that equity in the house, but I don't have it as an uh, asset for the financial aid. I mean, there are lots of reasons to have a financial planner Absolutely sit down and look at every single thing you have and ways you can move money around, not not in a fraudulent way, but in a realistic way that you can absolutely um, – I've read, I've read hundreds of financial books, but it's the same thing with taxation. People end up paying way more than they have to. You're saying the same thing is true in college education. They pay more than they have to. Talk a little bit more about the 529. That's not but, good for people in this uh, income bracket, is it? No, that's the middle-class gap issue. Now, if you've got grandma or grandpa who's going to pay the full boat and uh, they need a, a state income tax deduction or whatever whatever that is, then maybe there's some advantage to it. But for the rest of us, you know, that increases. So if you have easy math, if you have $100,000 in the 529 plan, it's 5.65% every year increase in how much you're going to pay for tuition. So you're going to increase that expected family contribution by 5650 bucks a year. Well, that, that completely annihilates any state tax savings that you might have gotten on that. So it ends up significantly hurting you. Now, you take that $100,000 and pay off the house, put it in an annuity, put it in cash value life insurance, something like that. Now it's off the radar screen, and you just reduced how much you're going to pay for college by $5,650. We just worked with a oral surgeon. We cut his, he was going to pay the full boat, 52000 to go to Worcester. And uh, we rearranged his affairs and got it. He's down to 8200 bucks a year is what he's going to end up paying. You know, the, the whole message that I'm getting from this is that you're a fool to do it yourself. This is so complicated. You need someone who's really doing this all the time, who knows the ins and outs of it, and is way too complicated anymore to just say, I'm going to go to school and get a loan and borrow money. There are so many nuances to this uh, equation that is m- literally mind-boggling. It I is. Mean, that's, that's really what put me on the, on the, on the track, because I was a traditional planner. They were telling me, you know, promote 529 plans. I had no idea the repercussions that I was implying to people. 
because I didn't know the damage of what they were doing was having to the ultimate outcome. And that's the same thing when they fill out the financial aid forms. People don't have any idea what the impact is of the answers that they are providing, if it hurts them or helps them, unless it is what it is that you do. I mean, you talked about talk to a financial planner. They actually better be well-versed in college planning, or else they're probably the ones who put you in the 529 plan, and that just answers your question right there. Wow. True. The other thing that uh, strikes me is that we talked earlier about study skills and preparing for the SAT. Does how well you do on the SAT have anything to do with the amount of financial aid or these scholarship funds that may be available to you? Absolutely. I mean, we're, I mean, we talk to him every day. We got a kid now; he's 110 points away from getting getting a scholarship on the SAT. What people don't realize is, is that that is the college entrance exam. It isn't your math test you're taking now or this one or that one. It is the SAT or the ACT. That's how you are compared to every other child on the planet. Yet we see a weekend crash course offered at school. That's all the effort they put into that thing. Or a mom and pop shop in the mall trying to do an SAT preparedness course. That is the college entrance exam. (laughs) My wife had to take the... uh and I read your uh, bios on the uh, website, and I understand your wife used to work for Kaplan, and she took a long course from them and st- got some study materials when she was studying for her Ph.D., and it was hours and hours and hours and hours of study. But what I want to say is, parents, listen up. Parents, listen up. Your kid's score on the SAT goes beyond their score on the SAT. It could affect the amount of money they can get for college. I think you'll agree with that. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any other mistakes people make on uh, the financial side of uh, college? Or yeah, I, th- I think it's simple thing. I think it's simple things like even looking for scholarships. We've got a do-it-yourself kind of a program. So if somebody's ambitious and has time because maybe they don't have a job, they can literally equate the amount of money that they return to an hourly wage. I know we've got a full service <coughs> full-service uh, scholarship search program, and on average, we find 50 scholarships a month that students can apply for, 50. And the problem is that a lot of these businesses that are giving away the money are, are a use-it-or-lose-it type of a scenario. So if they don't give it away, it doesn't come back next year. We talk to scholarship providers that are, God, I wish we'd get more people to apply for this money we're trying to give away. I'm <laughs> just like, Parents, but again, it's going to take a little bit of work. You know. Par- parents, listen up. That reminds me of a very funny story. You hunt for scholarships. I had a friend many, many years ago who went through his Ph.D. program on a scholarship. I think uh, it was a veteran scholarship for uh, American Legion or something like that. I won't use any other names. I don't know what it was, but uh, a similar kind of thing. They had a scholarship for people whose parents fought in Germany at the Battle of the Bulge. And he applied for it, and he got it. But he didn't bother to tell them that his father had been on the German side of the forces. (laughs) (laughs) So there are a lot of scholarships out there, aren't there? Yeah, that's when knowing what not to put down and what to put down. (laughs) I mean, he didn't lie. He just conveniently forgot that. So people getting ready to go away should start sooner, get their parents involved, uh, 
And parents, you got to do more than maybe you're doing now. Uh, I am so impressed with what you've done. Can you think of any other mistakes that people make all the time? Yeah, um, you know, it kind of goes back to one of the fundamentals is, uh, you know, the college selection. I know we talked about it, but sticker price, you know, isn't the ultimate, uh, you know, reason for what parents and families pay for college. you got to understand the, the financial aid aspect from the government, but then it's how much that college is willing to pay to have your child sit in their seat. Like my son can currently go to Harvard for less money than he can go to a public university in Iowa. I know that well, makes no sense, but if you understand the financial aid forms like we do, and if you don't know that, I have no idea on earth how parents can even know which colleges to go and visit. We'll talk about that some more in the next quarter. We're coming up on a break now. It's hard to believe that we've spent 45 minutes talking about the simple thing of going to college or getting a future education. Not everybody needs to go to college. So when we come back, this is Gordon Bennett with my uh, guest here. We're going to talk about uh, a few things remaining in the last half of the hour, last quarter of the hour. And uh, this is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Issues in Life with Gordon Bennett, your host, back after the short break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben 32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
Welcome back. This is Gordon Bennett with you with money, jobs, health, and other issues in life, talking to our guest. And uh, Chip has got a lot of sage advice. And I'm sorry we don't have all day just to talk about this. I am literally impressed with uh, your website, which uh, the company name is College Prep Mastery, College Prep Mastery. But if you call 712-792-1920, or what is that website again? Five. Um, yeah, five, five Biggest Mistakes is a uh, free ebook they can download, and they can get it at uh, College Prep Mastery as well. Yeah, but, I read that book last night. It really is a fast read. It's about 15 or 20 pages, and it takes these five things. Uh, and I'm impressed with what you say there, and, and you make it... Uh, very obvious. Uh, why don't you just recite? Can you? I guess I'm not putting you on the spot. Can you recite the five mistakes they make in a couple of seconds? Oh yeah, no, no declared major. Not identifying a major before they go off to college. Number two is is no accurate college search, and really knowing which college best delivers that career path and is going to get them through for the least amount of time and cost the family the very least. That's a big component. And then number three is is. No professional help in preparing for the SAT or ACT. Get a good comprehensive program like Kaplan, you know, and and make sure you study and put time, effort, and energy into that test so you can you can come out on top. And then four is not getting professional help with the financial aid forms, with filling out the FAFSA. That is a complex, convoluted form that is designed for you to fail at. And then, then number five is is study skills. Trying to take high school study skills into college, you're setting yourself up for failure. And that's really one of the biggest reasons dropout rates are so high. You know, you mentioned dropout rates. Uh, last year, I uh, was hospitalized, and I told my wife, one of the things I'm going to do is make up my mind. There's an attitudinal uh, overview to all of this. Um I have heard students boasting about how long it took them to finish college. I'm a five-year student. I'm a six-year student. I've been so long. Uh, you know, when I went into the hospital, I said, and they, I was undergoing some therapy, I said, you know what? I will do what they tell me to do. I'm going to put my attitude uh, first that I have to do what the professionals tell me. And so forming this attitude that you're going to get out of college on time probably – is a good thing instead of saying, well, I'll take as long as I want. What is the statistics about how many people finish four-year colleges in four years? The national average now is 5.6 years. 5.6 years, and that's for that $110,000 of extra debt at that year and a half. Between the average college graduate's income that they're not going to earn in that year and a half, and then the average college tuition that they're going to have to pay for that year and a half, that year and a half costs on an average of over $111,000. That 5.6 years, think about it. Now, we've got kids graduating in three years. They're getting four-year degrees in three years. You know, the ideal timeline is four years. Now, if I had two resumes that came in, both with marketing degrees, and that's what I was looking for. One started college, graduated in three years. The other one started college, graduated in six years. Really don't have to read much further down the resume. Do you think? That's we have, a go, we have a go get or get it done kind of a kid, and we have the other one here. You know, I never thought of it that way, but you know, you're right. Uh, if I were 
hiring people, and I have hired a lot of people in my time. My wife has hired people and stuff. If you look at resumes, the first thing you do is you eliminate people. And if you want somebody who can get the job done, you want people who have a history of getting the job done, not malingerers. That That is a very important part. So not only do they spend more money in college, they have to spend it for books. They have to spend it for tuition. Then they are depriving themselves of making a living. So there's that money they've lost. But besides that, it makes them harder for them to get a job at all. Wow. No, it's, it's very impactful all the way around. And there's no one little thing that, that has gotten us to where we're at. It's a compound of things. And really, if you just boil it down to it, it's a, it's an overwhelming abundance of common sense. We've just been kind of coddled into, you know, no child's left behind, sweetheart. So you just head off to college. It's the next step, right? No, that's not a, it's not a right. That's a privilege. Treat it like that and make sure you get the most out of it and be prepared before you go. I'm not going to send my kid off to the front lines of the military unless he's prepared. You know, you just got to, you got to be prepared. You know, I just thought of something. I a lot of times ask people to tell me what is the most important part of their automobile. The question is, what is the most important part of your car? Well, if you stop and think about it, you think about it, you think about it, and you don't know what the answer is. But the answer is legitimate, but changing. The most important part of your car is the car that is broken, the part that is broken at the moment. If you have a flat tire and a dead battery and an empty gas tank, uh, the car isn't going anywhere to fix all three. Well, you say five mistakes that people make. This again tells me that I need help. I've got to reach out and tell people that if you're going to send your kid to college, you need to get professional help. Now, I wrote a book called uh, Give Yourself a Raise, and I'm working on the second book now called Path to Financial Freedom. But this fits into all of that. You can get my book, by the way, on my website, uh, ptff.net, ptff.net, pathtofinancialfreedom.net. But the other thing I want you to do is if you write in or get in touch with us, we'll pass you on to uh, Chip because, wow, uh, this is an amazing thing. I think it is so complicated anymore, so complicated in just – it used to be, I, I went to college, uh, and I was automatically admitted to a college uh, in Maryland. If you finished high school, you were automatically admitted, and you went. We didn't think about it. That's not true anymore. Uh, I worked part-time and was able to pay my way through Cal. You can't do that anymore. So the professional help that you can get from someone like Chip is just enormous, a specialist in the field. Any last thoughts that you have? Chip. Yeah, yeah, no, we've taken 18 years of offline success and put it online at College Prep Mastery. So you guys can access it 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and you can always give us a call if you need us to, to hold your hand, to work with you, to answer questions. We're there for you. I think that is really great. Um, I don't want to be a parking attendant. I don't want to be a waiter, <laughs> uh, I, although that's kind of fun sometimes. I don't want to do it on purpose, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a lot of money and I got rich parents, maybe I want to do it just because that's what I have a passion for doing, not because I made a stupid mistake in picking the wrong college. I don't even know the names. There are 80, I'm in Philadelphia, and there are 80 institutions of higher learning. I couldn't list half of them. So you need a professional just to help you get the right school. Uh, 
we haven't talked about your opinion on uh, two-year associate degrees, and I will just make a comment for you. Uh, if you're doing that, it's maybe because you're undecided, and undecided is a bad thing. I am not opposed to two-year colleges on purpose, but I am opposed to them as a uh, fallback position. I don't know what I want to do. And uh, I think you feel pretty much the same way, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And just make sure that you keep your grades up in a JC if you're going to try and promote to or, or transfer to a university. Grades have to be high and uh, make sure that that college will take them on the way over. Yeah, don't make a, a, an excuse for being undecided. It's not a place to learn to be decided. That's in high school, and you're better than that. Get yourself prepared. Uh, the money will come to you better. And uh, you'll enjoy college more, and you'll find a better job. And, Chip, I want to thank you so much for your insight. I have learned so much today in reading your things, and I hope everybody will take this to advice, uh, take this advice to heart and uh, start planning for their future. Thank you I so guess much, with, I appreciate guess it. With, guess with that, we're done for the day. You'll be listening to Money, uh, Jobs, health next week it's thanksgiving week we'll do a rebroadcast i think and uh it's four o'clock eastern time and then you can figure all the other time zones out i can't do that <laughs> it's beyond my math skills good night and god bless you thank you for listening to money jobs health and other things of life Please join your host, Gordon Bennett, again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, are you going to make a bad choice or a great choice with your money? Come back next week for more.